What is up, everybody? Welcome in to the Shot Quality Bets podcast. I am your host, Justin Perry, joined today by Big 3 for 3 and Brian Leonard from our friends over at Wager Talk. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's good to be on the show. Uh, and congratulations on all your success. Hey, thanks, man. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't heard, today was a really big day over at Shot Quality Bets. We launched a new page for all of our subscribers to see how our model results have been doing. Really excited about that. But the big one is really this model sandbox tool. We've talked a little bit about it on the podcast, played around with it. It is now fully available on the site for every single subscriber through the end of January. Anyone can come in. And just see the projections, play around with the new tool. It is definitely a lot of fun to see what it can do. And then also our new transparency page so everyone can see all of our plays, past days, go as far back as you want, see how the model's done, and compare projected scores versus actual scores. And of course, if you are a premium member, you do get to compare those shot quality scores. We'll look at that a little later. I just wanted to start talking a little bit about maybe just some uh, some college ball, Brian. How How's your season been? How's everything going? What's some teams that you've been uh, having some good time betting? Just excited to hear how, uh, you know, you've been taking the D1 basketball this season. Yeah, I I use your site uh, pretty much every day. It's the one site that I talk about when I do my videos for uh, Wager Talk uh, because it gives us something that we don't get anywhere else. Um, I've talked in the past about it. I, I do the same thing for hockey where I look at expected goals, and this is something similar to that. So when you're looking at um, handicapping the games, anybody could see this team won, this team lost, whatever. Uh, But when you play a game with as many chances to score, it's sort of like a tennis match where you get a lot of up and down all game long. Uh, You're able to handicap a little bit better by looking at the shot quality numbers and use that for what I try to do is to see if uh, the final score of the game came out exactly the way it was supposed to be or not. So that's the first thing I do is at the end of the day, you know, the next day I go through the scores and I see which are the upsets, which are the games that uh, showed up a little bit differently. Whereas most people who are uh, handicapping basketball are just looking at final scores and I figured that was the better team. Well, we all know that uh, we've all played a little sports in our life. We played basketball before and there's sometimes you, you're feeling great. You got the open shots. You're just not hitting them. And uh, so a lot of problems people use is uh, they look at final scores. At football, I look at, you know, some guys out there put out game scores. I'm trying to find something that tells a different story. And that that's what uh, shot quality does. And that's how I do most of my handicapping. I love it. And, you know, someone who has been a big part of that, I don't know if you know, big our good friend, big three over for three here, uh, who I think, Big three to make sure your mic's on before I introduce you here. Uh, our good friend, Big Three, it was one of the core members of building the shock quality model using those projections to make uh, not those projections, those metrics to make new projections for upcoming games and has led to a lot of success. Big Three, what do you make of how uh, Brian's been using our data? Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of exactly why I think we've realized like the realization, even from Simon, of like this data is valuable for everyone, but for betters, especially it's super valuable. Right. And it's like, for me, the way that I see it is it's my edge of data that I have that like books don't have. Right. You know, it's, it's pretty easy to, 
you know, adjust teams based on a 10 point loss or a 15 point win, but it's much different to really see beneath that 10 point loss or, or 10 point win, you know, like Brian's saying, and, and really say, Hey, maybe this team played them a lot closer than we thought, you know, or like there was a three huge three point discrepancy, something like that. So yep. to me, it's like, okay, you know, your classic box score data, your even your Ken Palms of the world, like books have access to that stuff and they know what it says. So me analyzing every, you know, previous results or, or those types of things just doesn't do a lot for me. Me analyzing shot quality scores and like these, what should have happened scores um, is, is where I have or where I perceive that I have like an advantage in this market. So yeah, exactly like Brian's saying, this is kind of, something that I think we have access to that, that not everyone else does. And it's something that you can kind of someplace that you can get an edge on the books. I, I definitely agree. I mean, it has been such a, a new lens for me to handicap through and, and just being able to see teams for what they are instead of what you know, shots they hit in terms of like what they create, what their offense allows them to, you know, make on, on one end and what their defense limits their opponent to on the other and you'll see i'm scrolling through some of yesterday's scores some of them pretty interesting i don't know if you guys have seen this graphic that we've been putting out on twitter and, and i'll pull up the the company twitter here for a minute we'll have a good time with it but a, a graphic that we put out every single day now which i'm a i'm a big fan of and you can see there we go there's our faces right there but the matrix i don't know if you guys have noticed the matrix that we've been putting out this one takes a look at all of the shot quality scores every single day so this is yesterday's matrix on the 11th and you can see teams that should have covered and did cover teams that should have covered but didn't so the shot quality scores are all a part of this matrix and it rates the team and, and sort of places them against expectations. So I'm a big fan of this when it comes out, lets you see the distribution of the day. Yesterday was chaos. And I don't know if you guys saw all the overtime games, all of the, the buzzer beaters, all of the bad beats, but it was it was madness out there. And I'm, I had a Vermont, so I'm definitely not happy to see this, but uh, maybe I am happy. I don't know. How do you guys evaluate when a team like comes back and it says, oh, yeah, you didn't win your bet, but based on the shot quality expected score, you should have. Do you do you maybe look at that as oh maybe they're they're wor they're playing worse than expected, or are they maybe you know go more likely to start playing better soon and just got unlucky? Where do you where do you guys lean? I'll start with you, O'Brien. Yeah, that's one of the things I use in my handicapping is um, I, I take I always take a look at uh, if I look at the game and I lose the game. And I've also lost the shot quality shot uh, shooting. I know that it was a bad selection on my account, and I need to go out and find out what that was. Uh, if it's a game that uh, I thought I should have had the winner, and um, the shot quality number says, yes, I was on the right side, even though the game didn't end up that way, I feel confident about that. In fact, it's sort of like when people talk about closing line value in sports all the time. Um, if you're getting a closing line value, in the long run, you're going to win, right? Right. So uh, even if uh, you get a, a, a game in which one team just blows out the other, um, that's going to happen. But if you get closing line value on the majority of your games, you're going to end up making profit. And I kind of treat it as a closing line value thing that I could go back and I could see. I'll say, well, I, I was on this uh, this team here and the shot quality number said I was that was the right side and it didn't win. I'm not going to change what I'm going to do yep. uh, in the future on that on that team. So. 
Uh, that's something I always look at. But as opposed to, like I said, if if I'm on the wrong side of the game and shot quality says I was on the wrong side of the game, then I got to figure out what I did wrong and keep that from happening very much longer. Yep, yep, I agree. What about you, Big Three? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm in agreement there for sure. I think one of the biggest things is like, I mean, it's what our model's built off of too, right? It's like we build our model off of shot quality scores, right? So like we're trying to predict essentially like not what is the final score going to be that you're going to read in the box score in the paper, but we're trying to predict how good of shots are the teams going to get and how good of shots are they going to allow their opponents to get and what is that score going to be, right? And so I think like that's what's different about what we do. And once again, like sometimes we're showing huge edges because of this. Like it is a little different and it's something not everyone's doing, but ultimately you know teams are just going to shoot 15 percent from three every year they'll have you know three four depends on the team some of them have more than that but every year teams will have a handful of games where they shoot awful or a handful of games where the other team i mean cal started the game 13 for 16 from three against stanford last week and it's just like okay stuff like that happens and for me to say oh man stanford was a terrible bet because that cal shot that way is just like not exactly deep enough for me like i yeah, want to yeah. know based on the quality shot based on what they're expected from past history like was it really an awful bet you know and i think like that's ultimately what shot quality is doing and in college basketball it's tough because there's only 30 games a season right so in baseball things like that like you have enough data where you can really start to figure out like by the end of the season what the the makeup of these teams are in college basketball we're 15 games in and we're already halfway through the season right yeah. so you have to have a pretty good sense of like, okay, is, you know, Creighton really not as good as we thought they were, right? Is UConn really as good as, as we've seen, right? And like shot quality to me is the answer to that. Like, okay, this team is performing really, really well, but it's not just because they're shooting absurd. Like they've had 15 good games because they're getting good shots against 15 different teams, right? And so I think like that is a big component and that's like why I think college basketball is, is the perfect set setting for um this type of tool i love it i love it let's let's talk a little bit about some of the teams that you guys have really been enjoying betting on i know we have another big weekend coming up uh there's a lot of of good action have you guys been paying attention maybe to a specific conference is there a team people should be on the lookout that you've seen maybe some shot quality numbers uh not lining up with way, the way that they're playing maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, some of those teams. I'll, I'll let you start big three. I, I, I think I might know what conferences you're going to go to, but I'll, I'll let you surprise me. I was going to say, let's go big sky to start. Um, yes. Montana state is a team that I was really into. You're going to have to put the S in there too. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. Um, but Montana state's a team that I was really excited about coming into the season. Um, last year they got absolutely embarrassed in the NCAA tournament first round uh, lost by 30, but they're a team that, I mean, they're led by Raekwon Battle, who is a Washington transfer from a couple years ago. They have defensive player of the year in the conference last year, Jabril Bello. And they're just, I mean, defensively, you can see their shot quality rating has them much better defensively even than offensively. But this is a team that most likely, depending on how things pan out, will win the big sky. And I think that they're going to be a very solid, very tough 14-15 seed. Um and so, I don't know, I think this is just like tonight, they're minus 11-ish at home against Idaho State in what I think is just a smash spot. Um, Bozeman, Montana, you're at over 5,000 feet altitude. Um, pretty tough place to get to, especially this time of year with the weather. Um, 
And so I think like, it's just, it's, they're very, very good at home. They're a team that defends the rim really well, um, has offensive firepower. I think like these types of spots against the lower edge of the big sky are just absolute hammer spots. We saw it with Idaho um, last week where they were 12 point favorites at home and covered. And I think like, they're just a team that I am, I don't know, I'm really big on. You see the, the, kind of outlier loss there against Eastern Washington. Um, mm-hmm. Shot quality had them winning that game by 12. So yeah, like I said, this is a team that, I don't know, I really like moving forward and I think could be dangerous um, in the tournament as a, I mean, obviously not going to make a run, but as a 14 yeah. seed, I would not want to be a three seed that had to play them for sure. Or the, you know, for our purposes, they might cover, right. And that's, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Uh, so no, that's a, that's a great take. This Montana state team is definitely a very interesting one. I like the big sky a lot. I think this is one of those conferences where, you know, if you do listen to someone like big three, who has a lot of expertise in these, uh, in these games between these teams has seen it all before you can really develop an edge. What about you, Brian? Any any big sky teams you really like? You want to talk about another conference? Anything you've been seeing pop off in the shock quality numbers? Well, I don't handicap certain teams. Mm. Uh, I, I there's, there's every game I look at, and so every day is a different adventure to me. And it all comes down to the numbers. Uh, yep. I don't get a chance to watch as much hot, or excuse me, as much college basketball as I like. Uh, right now, I handicap all the major sports, so I just don't have the time to do it. So I don't have something that that's uh, worked for me in that regard from an individual team standpoint. I will say there's a team that I was looking forward to betting on coming into the season, um, and their numbers have not been that great, and that's Creighton. Mm. Uh, I take a look at uh, you know right now your record luck, um, which I, I love that I love that stat. It tells you if the team has been lucky or unlucky so far this season. And when you take a look at your top 19 adjusted shot quality teams that you have, number 19 being Marquette, yep. out of those 19, there's only one team that has not been lucky at all, and that is Creighton. Uh, that's the only team in 19 out uh, of the top 19 that's still ranked. That you have them ranked seventh in your shot quality numbers, 11th offensively, 18th defensively, and yet they haven't had any luck at all. They come into this, you know, as of right now, they're nine and eight on the season. Nobody's giving them any credit whatsoever. Uh, I like to play futures, and to me, this is a team right now that they're the numbers are so good on this team without any luck, and uh, right now nobody gives them any any type of chance to win anything. Yeah. And when you take a look at their individual games, you know I always like to look the the way it's it's set up here on the website is if it's in green, it's a game that the team won, yep. and the shot quality agreed. If it's in red, the team lost, shot quality agreed. I'd like to look at I'd like to look at the yellow. It's sort of like a situation for me where I see how each team has done in the yellow, and you've got a Creighton team who's won three games out of that and, and lost like four yep. or five. So that tells you right there the team needs has to have some luck. But it also tells you what the post game win percentage is. And even though we've got these games that uh, that Creighton has lost, they lost to Arizona, eighty one to seventy nine. The post game win percentage said they should have won 56% of the time. Nebraska, they lose by 10. Post-game win percentage is 74. BYU lose by three. Post-game 68. Arizona State lose by two. Post-game 77. So this is a team right now that is so much better than what their record is showing. And we can get advantage of that as the season goes on. And you mentioned it's halfway through right now, and they haven't had that luck. I expect some regression going the other way. 
And this is a team, like, if you're looking to play a long shot to win it all right now, Creighton, to me, is one of those teams that you want to back because of the luck factor. Yeah, and we've seen it, right? They they definitely look a little bit better in the last couple of games. Getting Kalkbrenner back inside has been a huge deal for them. And and I'm excited to see yeah. what they put together. Uh, look, the shot quality model projects them to have a nice run here. They're playing some big home games. They need to hold home court against Providence. They're going to have to hold against Xavier, too. Those are both going to be really tight, great games. Even St. John's might challenge them, but they should be able to put themselves in winning positions. So I, I fully agree, and I love, I got to say, I love how you use that data to make the point. That is exactly how you want to use this information to help you gauge a team and separate what you've seen on the floor versus what is actually happening. Creighton takes very smart shots, right? 52nd in shot selection, holding their opponents to just 12th best against in terms of shot selection. So killing it in terms of the discrepancy there. Really great spacing from this team. We know what Kalkbrenner does. Nemhard is able to do uh, with this team. And then they have the shot makers to do it. So it's going to be really interesting. This is definitely one team that you don't want to run into if they start getting hot. Big three, any yeah. any on Creighton here? No, I, I definitely agree with this. Um, and I will say, like, Creighton outside of North Carolina was definitely, like, the media's darling this this right. offseason, right? And I think, like, you see them open 50-1, to 1, and then with Shireman going um, – committing to Creighton as a transfer out of South Dakota state. I think they dropped as low as like 25 to one preseason, which for me, unless it's like a sure, you know, like top couple seed in the tournament, 25 to one is pretty short. And so I don't know, like, I think they got overbought and now you can find 50 to one out there again. And it's like, okay, what from the first 17 games? I mean, shot quality has them at seventh based on quality of shot. Right. Through, right. through the first, you know, 15 games, 17 games. And that's games, with, with, Kalkbrenner getting sick and, and basically their best player missing. Exactly. And so that was what I was going to say too, is they've, they've done this in shot quality has them seventh without Kalkbrenner for four or five of those games, right? Like shot quality has them beating UConn, who is arguably a one seed in the tournament, beating yes. Arizona, who is probably a, a two seed in the tournament at this point. Right. And mm -hmm. it's like, mm -hmm. even the shot quality lost there to Arkansas by it. We have it as a tie, you know, like it's like less than 0.1 points. Um, there you go. 0.09 points. So, I mean, you, but you look at this and it's like, okay, Creighton is definitely, they've played with some of the best teams in the country. They maybe should have beaten some of the best teams in the country. And they've played a, a handful of games without arguably their best player or most important player at least. And so, yeah, I definitely agree with Creighton. And I think this is a good buy low spot. I mean, at 50 to one on a team that was 25 to one before the season started, like I don't really know what people are seeing that's like gotten them off the Creighton train at this point. So yeah, I, I definitely like that look, Brian. Yeah, it's you know it's always interesting to see how those future numbers move. I, I feel like just seeing the back-to-back -back losses against Xavier, ex against Connecticut, people just get scared off. They expect them to compete, but both those games on the road, you know, like that's tough. Yeah. They they walloped Seton Hall in their own building, um, and like you know when they have to face teams in in the postseason it's also going to be neutral so i i like this creighton team i think you have to take into account a, a pretty sizable home court advantage in the big east um it is a very you know it's a it's a really hyped up league these fans come ready to go like they defend home court i love the big east personally so uh no that that's really great stuff i really like talking point yeah. loss at, yeah. at xavier yesterday even i mean yep. Xavier's shooting 40% from three and shot quality has them expected at 34% from three on the season. Like Xavier is shooting mm -hmm. 
lights out. And so I think like, I don't know, even that loss on the road conference play by three points, like to me, almost gives them a bump. You're like, okay, like this like Creighton team, like can play with anyone in the country. Right. So yeah, I look at, look at, and and look at the, uh, the Xavier numbers here. I've taken a few uh, lucky wins home with them. have been able to get what they need out of those games. We're expected to uh, keep the curse alive. You know, they, they were not expected to go into Nova and, and get it done. Sean Miller doing a good job with this team. Big East is going to be fun. Um, let's talk a little bit about, I guess, maybe a team or two else, and then maybe we'll talk uh, at the end. We'll just uh, give out a couple picks for tonight uh, and maybe some look ahead, some games that we're really excited about right now. Uh, have you guys, I don't know if you've taken a look, we can take a look at some of the games that are coming up here using our scores page. Uh, scores page is actually really great. Let's you go back. So if you want to see yesterday's games along with the shot quality scores, this is a premium tool. Uh, so you will need the upgraded membership to see this page, but also lets you start going forward. Uh, anything that has caught you, your guys' eyes for the weekend? I mean, Saturday is going to probably be crazy. I imagine this is, yeah, this is a pretty nuts slate, pretty huge. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've seen some really interesting basketball coming out of the Big 12. I mean, I think everyone who's watching college basketball knows that this is like the conference that every team might actually make the tournament. They're not playing on Saturday. Look at that. All right. So that's that's a letdown. Um, <laughs> we're doing it live here today. Uh, maybe they're playing Friday. Maybe maybe we'll get lucky and they're playing Friday. No, they're not. So that's maybe that's a little weird. But Hey, welcome to the show. Welcome in. We uh we like to learn things as we do them. I don't know, guys. Are you? Yeah, I have one for Saturday. Please, please, I was please. gonna say one that really interests me on Saturday is USC Utah. Um, if you want to pull up that one, yeah, I got you. Utah is a team that, and this is it's funny because a lot of people just t- will talk about like regression, even outside of the shot quality. Um, but Utah. So shot quality has this one USC by seven. Um, mm-hmm. we have. USC rated higher than um, Utah. I think USC, we have 85th in the country. Utah maybe 90th. 90th? Yeah, 92nd here. This this can be like minor rounding discrepancies, but we're we're working on that. But yeah. Yeah, 85th and 92nd. But anyways, like we have USC at home here, and also um, we have them rated higher. A lot of analytics sites, including ones that are going to be setting the lines here, actually have Utah rated higher than USC. Utah, the reason we're lower on Utah is because Utah has shot out of their minds all season. Utah, some of the expected regression things, and not even them shooting out of their, it's not even really them shooting out of their mind. It's It's how opponents have shot against them. And um, I'm trying to pull it up here. Yeah. So Utah three pointers right now, teams have shot 26% from three against Utah expected to have shot 33%. And so, I mean, I think like some of those things, like that discrepancy over 15 games is huge. And it's just like, okay, teams are not hitting anything against Utah. And it's same with finishing at the rim too. And so I think like- Yeah, look at the shot making against, right? Like no one's hitting their shots. That's a good way to check it out, right? If you look at the shot making against, none of the players that are going against this team are hitting the looks as you would expect an average player to do. It's so much worse that they're sixth percentile, but yet the shot, the shot selection, look, it does line up. They are, they are limiting opponents to bad shots as well, but this, this just doesn't, this doesn't pass the sniff test for me. I mean, look at the shot quality ATS record expected for Utah three and 14. That's crazy. They're currently 10 and seven. And I mean, just like the top two on the bottom left, there, finishing at the rim seven opponents are supposed to be finishing 7% higher at the rim and right. 6% higher three point line. 
4% higher mid-range, 4% free throws. Like defensively, they are running. I mean, the way that you would interpret it, interpret this is defensively, Utah is running as good as anyone in the country, right? And so I right. think going on the road here to USC, who, like I said, we have rated higher, I think you're probably going to get this out of possession, maybe USC minus two to three. Um, I really like that spot. So that was just nice. one I wanted to touch on. Hey, no, that's going to be a great play for Saturday. I know that there's a lot of really great stuff on the board. I haven't even started to sink my teeth in. Honestly, I'll be real with everyone. We have been crazed trying to get this model sandbox thing together, which, you know what? Maybe maybe we'll do a little sneak peek and then we'll talk about some games for tonight, Thursday, uh, and we'll uh, we'll cut the pod up. So this is going to come out tomorrow or Friday. So you have a nice preview there from Big Three, uh, and and maybe we can look at a custom model. I, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it, Brian, um, but do you? Are there any like metrics or any like I guess parts of the game that you feel are more predictive than others we can kind of live craft a model right now i know i know big three is keen and he's helped he helped me build this tool uh so i'm gonna trust his uh intuition and and we're gonna include the main six shot quality ratings but in terms of like any of like these well-known shot quality stats you know the mid-range points per possession off the dribble threes is there anything that you find in your experience like handicapping the game of basketball translates well to uh, I guess predictiveness or like, yeah, I guess predictiveness is the right way to say it. Like what leads to um, teams actually doing what you think they're going to on the floor? Well, we've already talked about your shots being so random that, uh, mm-hmm. that we could take advantage of it with that. I always look at the teams that rebound offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds. Anytime you get a chance um, to put up more shots than the opponent, chances are you're going to win. I, I do have a question. Uh, yeah. Since you guys are the ones that developed this, we've got, uh, I'm just looking at the top 20 uh, adjusted mm. shot qualities. You've got three teams. Uh, now rim and three rate is very important. You've got three teams in UCLA, uh, Houston, and Arkansas who are among the worst in college basketball at rim and three rate. That's crazy. Is that a positive going forward? Because that's something that teams should be able to improve on. And these are already three of the top 13 teams in your ratings. That's a really good point. Are they already so dominant without taking valuable shots that they have even further to rise? I mean, you're looking at, I'm looking at the UCLA page right now, and we're seeing that they have a negative record luck. So shot quality expects them to be 14 and two, and they're 12 and four. So I would, I would say you're right. I don't know. Big three, what do you think? Big Sorry, three. I was muted. I was going to no, say, okay. yeah, I will say like, you look at Houston and like typically Samson teams are a little weird. Um, and I would not say are like primary rim and like, they're not like your, your poster rim and three teams. Um, Houston's a good one. You look at them last year, their rim and three rate was um, than it is this year. I think it was about 81%. I think I just looked, but it's gone now. And this year they're sitting at about 70%. So mm-hmm. I would say definitely lower than typical this year. Um, it's interesting as we get into these conference games too, Brian, like you see a team like Houston who played quite the variety of opponents going like at the start of this season here, right? Like you have a, a huge mix of like poor teams and like, you know, like your North Carolina, A&T, Texas, Southern, St. Joe's, Northern Colorado. I mean, they like beat the crap out of a lot of teams. Right. So I think <laughs> what you see is you see a lot of like mid range, like the, the focus on shot quality in games like that is, is, 
very low, right? You know, as you're up by 40 points in the second half, you can kind of take whatever mid-range jumper you want. And so I think some of that stuff will, as we come into conference play, start to even out a little bit. But yeah, that's definitely interesting. Like I said, I don't think Houston's a team that at least I don't think of traditionally as like focused on shooting, you know, like rim and three, like really good shots. But um, yeah, I would say that that number probably won't finish the season. I mean, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Look at these these numbers for Houston. So they're finishing at the rim frequency percentage is 32, which puts them at 287th in the nation. But they also keep their opponents from the rim, right? So that's pretty interesting. They are really, really high up in this mid-range percentage. I don't know. Maybe that speaks to having a player like Sasser who can make those shots, right? I mean, we we see this across all of our ratings. There, there tends to be like, a and I, I I refrain from saying negative correlation, but it kind of does end up looking that way because like better players can afford to take worse shots, right? And so that's something you start to learn as you you watch the shot quality numbers come in is that there are you know ways that like our metrics can still you know you need some context. So a guy like Sasser, who is arguably one of the best shot makers in the country right now, is going to lead this team to have a pretty low. Uh, shot making ability uh, actually he would lead it to have a high shot making ability but it makes sense because it's a little higher than shot selection they're not taking the best shots they don't need to it's going to definitely be interesting to see I mean this team almost like you know lost to South Florida last night uh, that was crazy yeah. I couldn't believe it they were 24 25 point favorites in some models so uh, I don't know and maybe like the thing with Houston too, Brian is like a lot of other analytics sites have Houston one or two, right? Shot quality has them at eight. And I think a big part of that is because of the shots that they're taking. Right. And I think like, honestly, teams that aren't taking great shots, you know, like are more susceptible to what happened last night with South Florida. Right. Or, you know, in March, something like that happening. So I think honestly their reliance on the mid range or just like their lack of reliance on threes and, um, shots at the rim is probably why we have them rated lower than pretty much any other site. Yeah. I know that you, you mentioned a uh, conference action uh, last year in conference action, my win percentage just shot up nice. um, because of that. And, and you're right. I, I live out here in Las Vegas and uh, used to be a season ticket holder for UNLV. Uh, we see the same thing with air force every year. They play all these games, non-conference games. Uh, you see a lot of scoring in that regard. Then all of a sudden they get into uh a conference game with San Diego state and it's, well, they hit a hundred points combined in this game, you know? So it's the teams that know how you play treat you a little bit differently than the teams that you only see once every few years or, or never see in the non-conference slate. So I always treat it as if it's a different season in, in conference action. That's why I'm so excited that I was able to uh, have the win percentage that I have right now going into uh, the conference season, which last year I struggled early out of the gate. So uh, looking really forward to uh, these conference matches. Nice. No, I, I that's what I'm going through this year, honestly. Like, I struggled out of the gate. Like, November was not my prettiest. It's been a little bit better in December. Definitely getting my feel here in January. Been a nice start to the year. Um, but I think we're probably going to wind it down. Brian, it has been such a, a – well, you know what? I apologize. Brian, I want to let you talk a little bit about some of the games you like tonight. We'll uh, we'll let the people at home right now listening to the podcast go. Uh, so if you are tuning into the audio version, thank you so much for joining in to the Shot Quality Bets podcast. Definitely come check us out 
on YouTube, see the stats as we walk through them. And since it's a live stream, you know, when this cuts out, we're going to talk about our plays for Thursday night. So uh, everybody at home, enjoy. Uh, we'll keep streaming and we'll see you next time on Monday on the Shot Quality Best Podcast. Thank you for joining.